thank you for downloading the Bungler Cricket Podcast. I'm Roshan, and in this episode we will talk about parts one and two of Bangladesh's tour of Pakistan and the under-19s are world champions. Joining me to talk about this is award-winning stand-up comedian, star of his own BBC3 sitcom, host of the Doostra podcast. Have I got it all in there, Atif? Just about, yeah. You do, you, I've also got a gold card at Nando's, but you know, no problem. <laughs> Atif Nawaz, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Roshan. It's such a cool podcast and it's really nice to be a part of it. Do you know, the last time, I, I feel like the last time you and I talked cricket properly was uh, at Lords during the World Cup, during the Pakistan-Bangladesh game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, I remember it was a, it was, a, it was a really exciting day actually, just because there were so many scenarios in play at the time, and it was like a must-win game and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think we kept it quite pleasant. I certainly kept it quite pleasant with you compared to how I might have kept it during the Pakistan-India game uh, with the Indian <laughs> journalists. So yeah, I think, I think we did all right. We're still friends. It's okay. We're still friends, and I, yeah, I sort of, I sort of remember sort of starting to feel quite sad, eh, because the kind of the World Cup campaign was essentially over. But also, Bangladesh really sort of folded without a fight that day. I remember, and it was sort of. I remember sitting there watching Mashrafi Mortarts and trudge back up to the pavilion going, well, that's another wicket. That's uh, that's the dream over for another four years. Yeah, I suppose it, from, from a Bangladeshi perspective, it probably was quite sad because I think I guess expectations were quite high going into this World Cup, you know, for, for Bangladesh. It's not, it's not, it wasn't the same as sort of, you know, 2015 or 2011 or anything like that. There were a lot of expectations there uh, because of the format as well and because they had put in some really strong performances in that World Cup. So, you know, there was like there was people assumed we'd see a pretty strong contest, like, you know, gone are the days where you expect Pakistan to, you know, be quite dominant against Bangladesh. You expect a very tight contest when you see them and it, and it wasn't that day. So I can imagine it was a bit of an anti climax for not just yourself, but like the thousands of Bangladeshi fans that turned up for that game. I mean, there were probably as many Bangladeshi cricket fans at Lords that day as there were Pakistani cricket fans, which is no mean feat. I mean, historically when you think about who attends these games. On the note of World Cups, let's let's talk about the under-19 teams, mainly because I want to start this podcast on a positive note before I talk about all the sad things that happened in Pakistan. Um, Bangladesh under-19 cricket team are World Cup winners. They have come home with a trophy. They beat uh, the hosts along the way. They beat New Zealand. And then they beat India in a final. Atif, I mean, this feels for me like a massive, massive achievement, a big you know, headline grabbing news story. I saw I saw like the front pages of newspapers in Bangladesh and they were leading with the fact that the under nineteens had come home with the World Cup. Uh the guys had a hero's welcome. That they, they, there's a there's a massive poster, a picture of the guys draped on the side of the national stadium. There's a specially commissioned bus which has the faces on the side of it. Are, are we going over the top for an under nineteen World Cup or am I justified in being this excited? You're absolutely justified in being this excited because it is a huge accomplishment. This was the single biggest under-19s Cricket World Cup has ever been in terms of the amount of attention that it had, the broadcasting. It was covered like a... I mean, historically, the under-19s World Cup, I remember the first time I came across it was in the 90s. And, you know, I'd have to read about it in cricket magazines months after it was over. So, you know, like now, of course, it's right there. Everybody can get access to it. They can watch it. They had a proper broadcasting deal and the broadcasting standard was, you know, phenomenal. All the cameras that, you know, Sky in the UK would use for, you know, maybe not an Ashes series, but certainly like a big one-day international series. They gave all of that infrastructure to the series. So, and the quality of the cricket was very watchable as well. I watched a lot of the games, but for Bangladesh, this is huge. It is a huge, huge, huge achievement. It can't be spoken about enough, specifically because when you think about historically the significance of the under-19 World Cup, right? I mean, look at the Indian team that has won it multiple times, the Pakistan team that's won it multiple times and, and gone so far in it. It really does produce huge stars of the future. You know, the young talent that's here 
you know, a lot of these players are going to go on to play for Bangladesh, and they're coming into it as under-19s world champions. They're not coming up as, you know, they come through a domestic structure that's maybe not as strong as the likes of Australia and England and, you know, the strong domestic structures of the world, the longest-standing ones. But they've, they've come into this tournament, they've coming out of this tournament and into international cricket as world champions. It's a huge, huge accomplishment. And, you know, it's, it, it's absolutely something that should be celebrated because it bodes so well for the future of Bangladesh international cricket, for the for the men's cricket team, it it's, it can't be spoken about enough, and I think it's absolutely justified. A in just like soaking in the achievement of it all because you are world champions, and that's a huge thing. And and B getting really excited about you know what these players are going to do when they when they you know graduate to you know men's international cricket. They're gonna they're gonna do phenomenal things, and uh, you know it's a very exciting time for Bangladeshi cricket. Yeah, I think as a nation we needed it. Um... Off the back of the World Cup, and there was a lot of, there are still a lot of question marks over the the kind of senior side in terms of who's going to be left and when the next World Cup comes around. Because I think for a long time, the the senior side had played together, and we were sort of you know earmarking the twenty nineteen Cricket World Cup when things would happen. But your big names, your Tamims, your Mushfiks, your Shakibs, you know, you know the household names when it comes to Bangladeshi cricket. There's no guaranteeing who's going to be there in twenty twenty three, and certainly me and I think a lot of fans came off the back of the last senior world cup and went, well, what is the future? Um, and because we didn't necessarily have replacements there and, you know, we didn't look particularly good against India. And we'll talk more about the Pakistan series in a minute. So for a youth team to have been that successful and also a youth team where it really was a team effort. It wasn't a couple of standout performers who are going to go straight into the senior team. Everyone sort of chipped in at different places. Really, really reassuring. And I think um, the Bangladesh Cricket Board have done a wonderful thing. They, they've they've introduced uh, an under-21s team, which presumably the idea is that these guys will graduate to that side before trying to get into the senior team. And that's such, such a nice thing to do. And I think they've also given them all a, a monthly salary for the next two years so that they can invest time in cricket. Because obviously at that sort of age, uh, I, I imagine people are making life decisions of whether to really pursue cricket as a profession or go off and do something else. And many may go actually need to survive and provide for my family and all those sorts of things um so really exciting time i think for bangladesh cricket especially the youth and like yeah you know i you're right i've never seen the under 19 world cup with so much kind of media coverage i mean admittedly some a lot of the bangladesh early games weren't shown on tv which i think i'm saying benefit to them because when india got to the final there's only about three minutes of footage of the team um but yeah really exciting times for the for the for the under 19 team and hopefully we'll see that come through to fruition in uh in 2023 as you say, man, that that just the idea of like a, an under twenty one team, the board being that proactive with these these youngsters and making sure that they continue to keep them invested in cricket, it's a case of like you know we want to, we want to keep them around because you know they're at that you know the sort of sixteen, seventeen, eighteen year olds, nineteen year olds in this side who are thinking, well, okay, you know what do I want to do with the rest of my life? It's a, it's a big point in your life, right? You're late teens, you've got to work out. You know, do I want to go to university? Do I want to study something? Do I want to focus on a kind of business? And, you know, you have all these non-traditional careers now as well that you can try and focus on. Do I want to become an Instagrammer? Imagine that, going from a 19 <laughs> World Cup champion to becoming like a professional influencer. Um, oh, but love it's see. possible. I'm just saying, like, you could see the captain of the under 19th Bangladesh cricket team, like, you know. <laughs> well, Akbar Ali on TikTok. Yeah, you could see Akbar Ali on TikTok reviewing the latest Samsung phone. Yeah, I'm just saying it could happen. It probably won't happen, but it could happen. But, I mean, it's, it's really good. I mean, the BCB, there's been a lot of them. people have criticisms of them, and sometimes rightfully so. But this is a really, really good step that they've taken just to keep them invested and also to bridge that 
gap between you know um, age restricted cricket and you know proper men's cricket, where where by playing under nine under twenty ones cricket keeps them interested, keeps them kind of you know gets that development through in micro stages, so they don't rush anybody in. Like historically, you know, you always hear about the romantic stories about people being rushed into international cricket, and Pakistan is very bad at this generally. You know, like we just love a talented youngster, and then we just want to chuck him out there. Like, oh, you're fourteen and you can hold a bat, get out there. You're facing. Jabal Srinath. That's what you're going to. You know, that's how we do it in Pakistan. But you know what the Bangladeshis are doing? They're taking a very pragmatic, uh, a very measured approach. And like, really, we're going to try and cultivate these players. We're going to try and make them. You know, we're going to try and build them up gradually, and not throw them in the deep end. So with that, we do have a long-term plan. And the fact that the board is thinking like that should be massively reassuring to to Bangladesh cricket fans. You know, like. It really is. And, you know, when we think about young players who do, the standard isn't that, there's not that much of a disparity when you think about it. I mean, like, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a minute, but like Nassim Shah, who's 16, about to celebrate his 17th birthday. I mean, he's playing the test cricket for Pakistan, the highest level of cricket. And, you know, some people at these young ages are making that breakthrough. So it's not a huge gap, you know, in terms of, uh, in in terms of the standard of play itself. So uh, I think, you know, this is a very exciting time for Bangladesh. I think, you know, I'd get carried away. I'd start bragging about it. You know, I'd start using the Indian cricket fans and, and the Australian cricket fans. Like, when's the next tour, bruv? I'll see you in Sydney. You know, like, I think I think, I think, think you've got to get more bullish with this. I have been accused of uh, of calling that Bangladesh will win the next World Cup quite early on. I think it'll be maybe too early to start preaching the 2023 one. But uh, give, me, give, me, give me time. Give me time of the summer. Um, so let's talk about Bangladesh in Pakistan. So a tour which felt like it may never happen. In fact, at the start of the year, it was still going back and forth. And I think it was only maybe the second week of January when Bangladesh went from essentially not wanting to tour Pakistan much to now three separate stages um, and the most hastily arranged one day, uh, sorry, T20 series. I think it was within 10 days the tour was announced and then 10 days later the first match was on. Um is there still significance in international cricket being played in Pakistan, or is it now sort of are people getting more used to it now that we've had like a full Sri Lanka series and you know tournaments and and twenty twenty series in 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 Pakistan? You know, it's it's a huge it's hugely significant, and you know I don't think the novelty of it is being lost or, or wearing off or anything like that on Pakistani people. I was there in uh, Islamabad in Rawalpindi when the Sri Lanka-Pakistan test match happened. I was there for day one of it. And, you know, the security arrangements in Pakistan for the test matches is insane. Like, you know, it takes most fans up to two hours to get into the ground from when they come into the vicinity. You know, they can't drive there. The car parks are miles away. A lot of them have to take public transportation, which isn't, you know, the preferred method of transportation. Yeah, I I did worry, actually, because I watched the first 2020 with Bangladesh and... I, I think I remember just looking around the stadium and it being almost empty and thinking, "Hang on, I thought I thought people were desperate for international cricket to return," uh, but actually it was because it just took so much longer to get through security. Yeah, that, that was in Lahore. You know, the the T20s were the first two were in uh, Lahore and the third one it wasn't. You know, it didn't happen because of the whitewash, the rain. I, I beg your pardon. Um, so you know, like it. it it is difficult for people to get into the stadium, but they do want to watch the cricket. You got to remember, everybody in Pakistan when these matches happen, like they're massive. Because these security arrangements, it's not like they just close off one line of a tube in London, right? It's they close everything. Local businesses have to shut down. Roads are closed. People get late to work. People have to take days off work. Whole routes are blocked off. You know, there's security everywhere. There's army everywhere. And, you know, it is an inconvenience for local people. And some people who just don't care about cricket do kind of take the view that, you know, like, why are we having to do all of this to try and appease 
foreigners, but a lot of people also take the world view that, you know, it's important to Pakistan to rehabilitate its image internationally. And we do want to see more cricket happening in Pakistan, not just cricket, all sport. We want most teams to come to Pakistan. So there was a huge sense of gratitude uh, to Bangladesh as well, that they agreed to come for this tour. And, you know, initially, I'm not going to, I think there was definitely a lot of, um, like, expectation on, on Bangladesh. So there was almost a little bit of resentment when there was like a, you know, the back and forth thing happening with security. They were like, well, Sri Lanka came and aren't we closer than Sri Lanka and so on the field, I mean, I'm not going to lie, for Bangladesh it felt disappointing. Like the, the 2020 series just sort of was over before it started because I think the day, the games were like on consecutive days and it sort of just happened very quickly. I think we were marginally competitive in the first one and then sort of just folded in the second, if I'm honest. Um, so from a Bangladeshi perspective, I mean, I, I I do this thing that I've done for the last 20 years where when Bangladesh lose a series, uh, I sort of go through the scorecard and look for a little bit of hope and uh, I'm more or less doing the same now and kind of going maybe Mohamed Naeem, the new opener, is, is a kind of positive for, from the series. But really, I mean, when you're going into a test match with five openers in your batting lineup, you, something's wrong and we missed Mushfiq. And we missed Shakib, and there's no denying those two pe- those two match winners in the Bangladesh batting lineup just just sort of uprooted everything, and we didn't have the depth. Uh, you know, we didn't have we didn't have really a backup plan. I mean, I'm just looking at the kind of the first the first innings when oh, I just yeah, it's a mess, isn't it? It was a very difficult tour for the Bangladesh players. I seem to remember Shafiel bowling quite well. Uh, in one of the T20s. I think he took two wickets in one of them. Um, but generally, everybody else kind of failed to make a major impression um, of the bowlers uh, in that, you know, a lot of the focus and a lot of build-up was around the Pakistan team. And, you know, I think when, when Barber got out for the duck um, in the first game, the first bowler, that took the wind out of the room completely as well, like in terms of the stadium. And all of a sudden it was like, Barber has gone for zero. Like <laughs> yeah. but everything was good, but we've got so many, we've got so many products that we're using him to advertise. Like, you know, and then he rebounded with a, with the 60, the six, I think in the second game and still one man of the series, which was a bit bizarre, but yeah, you're right. I mean, none of the Bangladeshi players, particularly in the, uh, in that uh, T20 series managed to really stand out. And usually you can pinpoint at least one or two performances, but other than that spell from Shafi where he, where he kind of contained and got his wicket, um, I, I can't, I can't off the top of my head without consulting any notes. I can't even remember, uh, you know, any kind of moment of brilliance from the Bangladeshi bowlers, which is which is very disappointing. No, I mean there was, a, I think there was a Tamim half century in the second match, but other than that, really very little to to write home about. Um, and you know, Mahmoud, the captain of the twenty twenty team, who who is a popular choice, and like he he he's captain his side in the BPL for for a few years, and loads everyone sort of saw like nudging for him to be the, the international captain. But we now have a load of rumours that he he's potentially going to be dropped from the test side. So you kind of go well. What is going on? What's our what's our plan B? Uh, what's the bit between the senior team and the under nineteen team? Because there doesn't seem to be a, a a kind of backup plan. And you know, like Mushfiq not going meant Litton Das was behind the wicket. He was then coming in at number seven, having normally sort of opened or coming at number three. It was a very disjointed uh, a team. It felt like it was just sort of just like picking food after your uncles and aunts have already eaten and you're sort of picking the leftover chicken, <laughs> lamb and fish and sort of trying to make a plate out of it. It was that. You do kind of wonder about, you know, Mamadullah and, you know, because he's this kind of stalwart now, right? He's kind of, he's in the, he's in the brain structure. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's in the most experienced. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you wonder, you wonder what the kind of issues are that, within the board or what, what you know, you, I, I, one can only speculate, I suppose. But, you know, I think, you know, 
in terms of captaincy, people always think of like, you know, results. We talk, we tend to break down captaincy by, oh, he won this and he lost this. And this is how he batted when he was captain. And this is how he bowled when he was captain. But there's so much more than that. We really need to, you know, factor in. Just on that, by the way, I know we've already talked about the under-19s World Cup, but I've got to say the captain, right, uh, when he gave his winning speech at the end of the World Cup, right, he did this beautiful thing, which I really enjoyed, where he did the whole speech, he did everything in English and spoke very well and everything else. And then he asked permission from the interviewer, the editor, to to speak Bengali just for one second to uh, you know, address his followers and the team's followers and the people that support the team. And uh, you know, he did it so politely and it was so impassioned, like it was a really heartwarming moment. Like if it was a Hollywood movie, it was the perfect ending. And like I think, just the way you did that, I think you know, there's a there's this. I think in the future, Bangladesh will hopefully have fewer uh, captaincy issues. I see that I see this young man moving into the mix at some point. Yeah, a lot of people have sort of pinpointed him as a a future captain. It's the right way to do it, you know, uh, kind of nurture someone into that role. Sort of the exact opposite of what's happened to the test team. Like Shakib's banned, Mushfiq decides he's not going, and they've paid poor Mominul Huck, the the test captain. But great for Pakistan. Um, Let's talk about Nassim Shah. I mean, I mean, what what a, what a hat trick! And it, it it was one of those rare video clips that actually got shared quite widely, actually, which doesn't normally happen for Test cricket in the subcontinent. It was all over my Twitter feed. A little montage of his three wickets. Yeah, that's what you get for having so many Pakistani cricket fan friends. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, 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 you know, it was a lovely moment, and I was very, I was ready to be cynical, and you know, just uh, kind of. Yeah, well, you know, we'll see, and it was the circumstances and all that kind of stuff. But he did bowl really well. It was a very mature uh, performance from him, and you know, he's wise beyond his. I remember watching him do the press conference um, in December when I was in Islamabad, and you know, he was wise beyond his years. But he still had this vulnerable child there. He still, he's, you know, only sixteen, just about to turn seventeen. He had to deal with the death of his mother, um, you know, just in sort of not too long ago, like within what, three or four months ago. And, you know, whilst he was away from home and, you know, he's had a very difficult little spell and it's been, it, it could be quite overwhelming for a lot of people, particularly at that age, you know, you know, all of this expectation and this fame and the spotlight's been thrust upon him age 16. He's been pulled from the under 19 World Cup squad and been thrown in this environment and been told perform because, you know, we got Musa and we got Wahab and we got Amir and we got all these other people just waiting for you to fail. So you can jump, you know, so you can, you can step aside. So you either put up or shut up. And in that scenario, you know, he performed. For me, there's nothing more exciting in world cricket than a good, exciting Pakistani fast bowler. You know, we saw it with the likes of Imran Khan, Sir Faraz Nawaz, Wasim Akram Wakayin, Shoaib Akhtar, Muhammad Amir, Muhammad Asif even, uh, Muhammad Abbas lately. Well, maybe not so much lately, but recently. And then now, you know, you've got this young man and it's re- it's really exciting to watch. Yeah, even as a, a Bangladesh fan watching my own wickets fall, it was wonderful sort of seeing him wheeling off for celebrations after the second wicket. Well, not literally wheeling off, but, but sort of rough sprinting off into the into, across the field and being chased by his, his, his teammates. So, yeah, a really exciting talent. And um, I sort of, you know, I, I feel torn because I want him to continue, but I know uh, the next test match is against Bangladesh as well. So, mixed feelings. <laughs> well, yeah, it's all about cultivation. Can Pakistan do what Bangladesh is doing so well with the young talent? Can they cultivate him? You really want to see the PCB manage him well. He's still a very young man. He's still very vulnerable. You know, he made this really impassioned... Um, he had a really impassioned moment in the press conference after this test match where he was talking about, 
you know, like dedicating this match to his country. And, you know, he, you know, after one of the days he was kind of sobbing uh, as he left the press conference as well, uh, reflecting on a question about his mother's death and things like that. Like, you know, he's, he's a very, mm. he's a kid. Really tough question. Really tough questions for a grown yeah. up. That alone is yeah. He's just a kid. Like really he's tough just questions. A kid. We've got to remember yeah. that he's just a kid. He's just 16 years old. He'll be 17. Uh, soon but you know it's not really that different and you know just the people around him is going to make a big difference the people that you know inform his routine inform his mindset you know try and keep him you know uh clear-headed and focused and and just also you know keep him happy really that's that's the challenge it's nurturing that kind of sportsman mind and sort of protecting him i guess and nurturing through and sort of having the mental strength because you know i remember watching mohammed ashrafal who was you know at one point the youngest test centurion and when he he you know scored the centuries against england or the 83 against south africa he was you know the, the greatest in the world but then when he failed or got the duck he was like brutally slaughtered in the press and you forget so young you know it was happening in his like late teens early 20s and well you know uh, we're talking 10, over 10 years ago but i hope i hope the world has learned something from that and sort of takes a player who is a really exciting young prospect and nurtures him into into a long career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Pakistani cricket fans and Pakistani journalists, like, they they have a reputation, whether fairly or, unf- or unfairly, of being quite um, uh, unrelenting, let's just say. So, you know, like, I really hope in this modern day and age that, like, you know, most cricket boards, I feel like Bangladesh is, is the kind of board that would pay attention to this. Certainly India would have some kind of you know, not just media training, but just like almost like a therapist uh, on board with the team just to help the players get used to the level of attention they're receiving and how to manage that, get level, get used to the level of critique and, and support. And, you know, just the, oh, it can be so overwhelming. Uh, you know, you need a very specific kind of mindset to to kind of withstand that. So you hope that the boards are taking proactive steps to like, you know, nurture, to, as you say, nurture this talent, protect this talent. So we as sports fans, as fans of this beautiful game of cricket, get to enjoy them for as long as possible. Absolutely. Atif, I am looking forward to the second test in April. In six years time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm literally, I'm literally going to be married by the time it happens. That's, that's <laughs> how ridiculous yeah. this tour is and the three part of it. Maybe me too. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even found one yet. I'll, I'll try and find myself a, a wife in the, in the meantime. I've got enough time. Well, look, it's that far away. Exactly. We've all got, we, we've all got a shout. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. Absolutely brilliant having you on the podcast. It's my pleasure, Roshan. You're a lovely guy. I've always enjoyed your analysis. Uh, of the game and you know your passion for Bangladeshi cricket and you know it's a fantastic podcast that you run uh, you're a credit to our community of sports journalists of cricket journalists and it's a pleasure to know you my man thank you very much and thank you for listening to the Bangladesh Cricket Podcast if there's anything you want us to talk about on this podcast send us an email podcast at bangladesh cricket.co.uk and we'll see you very soon